When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sharp Tank. No jumper. Sharpest, coolest podcast in the world. Today I got my co-host, Jean-Paul. Y'all know him from a day in L.A. Top And we got the legendary the one and only exhibit in the building. Yeah, what's up, family? How you feeling, man? How you feeling, man? I'm happy to have you in the building, man. It's a pleasure and it's an honor, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. How's everything been, man? I was the ride over here. I always like to start off It's easy. Easy. You know what? With your mental health or nothing on the No, no. Because it's traffic. I gave it to him. No, my studio lot not far from here. Okay. So, yeah, it's an easy, you know, couple freeways and I'm here. Yeah, yeah, easy. So yeah, man, I'm glad to be here with y'all today. I'm glad to have you here, yeah, man. Come on, man. We wanted to definitely do. We want to do like a little icebreaker with you, man. And okay. We want to. We want to see what's your top five West Coast rappers of all time. All time. Well, all time. All time. well, first of all, I want to say I've never met anyone that sounds close to me. Yeah. What's your voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's the voice. <laughs> I like yeah. that crap so much, yeah, bro. No, cool. hey, let it be I was here. like, God. <laughs> you thought it was fake? You it was no, fake? his voice sounded like a black and mild like my shit. Like now. a motherfucker. <laughs> For real. But See, I've had this like voice since I was a kid. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Me so too. it just worked. I mean, I'm pretty sure the, the years of... Uh, Roll it up has has enhanced it a little bit, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all right. So let's talk about it. Uh, top five rappers of all time. West, West Coast, Coast rappers, no West particular Coast. order. West Coast either. rappers, yeah. top five. Yeah. West Coast rappers. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with <sighs> Crooked Eye, okay. Razzcass, um, uh, Snoop Dogg, sure. Ice Cube, sure. E forty. Mm. Top five. And he didn't that, put himself in there like most rappers do. Like, like most rappers. They were like me, of course. So that's yeah, yeah. I mean, look, dude. I, it's okay to be a fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I you know, a lot of people nowadays walk up and be like, you know, I, I'm not being a fanboy or nothing. Like my nigga, it's it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for appreciating. I'm you're not less than anyone because you enjoy somebody's music, music or art. Right. That's what it's built for. That's what it's supposed to do. So, you know, I don't mind being a fan of, of the people, especially my peers. You know, I, I, I love being able to, to, to listen to them, enjoy the art, enjoy the perspective, but I'm a lyricist. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, the, yeah, there's people that make, you know, millions and millions and, you know, records sold and all that. But I like somebody that can sit down with a pen and take us somewhere. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? So mm. that's what I base my 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 shit on. You Maybe know you, you notice, I'll be honest with you, you are right about that because it's like nobody tells a story within their music no more. Like nobody paints a picture. Mm-hmm. What Everything. They do paint a picture. They do, Not from but, start to finish, like today was a good day type of vibe. Yeah, it like right. time in the projects or something like that, right. where it's like narrative. Right. I feel like we don't really get those type I of think, records I think start to finish. They are painting pictures because the, the music is, is connecting in a different way. But so, but they are painting pictures, but it's the same picture over and over. And you over know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over and over and over again. Okay. I mean, some pictures are more expensive than others, but it's right. pretty much the same yeah. script. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. 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 <laughs> real shit. No, for real, bro. Yeah. For real. Yeah. That's wild, right? When you start smoking weed, when was the first time you start smoking? Uh, the first time I started smoking, I was in high school. So, you know, a friend of mine has some, remember the compressed, packed in Mexican mm. weed? You know what I'm saying? With all like, the seeds. All the seeds, yeah. I don't know. It <laughs> might be before your that time. might be before my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you spoiled. I'm you spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spoiled. It was buying packs. All we had designs on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I got that one, though. We also used to play outside, so go figure. Oh, shit. <laughs> doing Nobody does that, that no more, man. You don't see kids outside playing on the block <clears> like There's too many weirdos. Yeah. It's too dangerous. Yeah. You know, and, and whether we have boxed ourselves into this corner yeah. um, by, you know, um, you know, watching what's happening on the news and freaking ourselves out on the Internet and, you know, pandemics and this and all this other shit. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hard to let them yeah, get it's hard to let, it's hard, Yeah, you got to keep a track on where your kids are at all times. It, but, but, it, but, you know, when I was a kid, they used to, like, kick us out the house, and you couldn't come in the house until the lights came on. And if your ass did, you were staying in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come in, you stay in. Straight up. Yeah, drinking water out the hose. Like, we're tough. You know what I'm saying? We're tough. Because got peanut allergies and all kinds of shit now. It's like, nigga. For real, bro. Go outside and get cut, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fall down. Toughen up your motherfucking immune system. You know what I'm saying? What the f***? That's crazy. Hey, no, real shit. Yeah, yeah. So you start smoking weed in uh in high school. In high school. And then, you know, from there, um, you know, it became an integral part of everything I did. It was like when I did music, I became a musician. It was already there. It said, music and, and and marijuana go hand in hand. Hmm. So so you know, fast forward, I've, you know, been in the, the cannabis industry for ten some years, ten yeah. plus years. And um, you know, this is my second brand, and so I got a lot of I got a lot of um, uh, experience from that, and so that's why I wanted to do the Lasagna Ganja podcast. Okay. With the podcast, is is kind of like my experience. I got a co-host, um, the Cannabis Cutie, and what we do is we talk about all the because cannabis is such an unknown known business, right? There's a lot of people that want to get in. There's a lot of people that want to. Um, you know, have their own strain, have their own, you know what I'm saying? There's a black market, there's tra- traditional brands that have been there for a long time, then there's new brands coming out, you know, so we get a pulse on everything. That's why we call it the lasagna ganja because there's la- layers to what All right, well, is if going there's on. layers, right, to yeah. lasagna ganja, let's walk back from the, you know what I'm saying, the Mackie weed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's what yeah. it's called. <laughs> With the seeds and the sticks and the stems, then what they, happened? They call it stress. Then what, stress. Hey, then what, then what came next? Pretendo. Yeah, Pretendo. No, well, what came next was the chronic. 
It pretendo was, came, I felt. Yeah, yeah. The chronic. What's, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. Pretendo? What's Pretendo? It was just a light, it was a really good light green. It's called mids. Healthy stress. Oh, okay. it, it was mids. It was still yeah. stress weed, yeah. but it was healthy. It was actually green. Healthy stress weed. No, it it was mids. <laughs> okay. It was it was like niggas niggas was trying to <laughs> niggas was trying to get there. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then somebody came along with a real one and was yeah. like, okay, here go the chronic. Yeah, okay. the chronic yeah. was definitely uh yeah, that funk beta was that truth back then, man. The real chronic original crons, man. Never got to smoke it. Well, when the first well the the the, the, the introduction of the chronic comes from actually a guy named Josh D. He was the guy Break who made down. the original cut and brought it from Florida. Okay. When he right. got the, the actual cut okay. the, that, that made um, the, the, the genetics that made the chronic, okay. um, it was Kush, right? So Kush came here from uh, Josh D. Josh D. gave it to a few people, only a few people. There's Kenji um, it, with, uh, with Soul Assassin, Be Real, and all them. Mm-hmm. He, he was the first one with it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this guy named Brett, the, the guy who does Wonder Brett now. Um, and then there was um, there was uh, a, a couple other folks that had it, but I know those two had it in the city first. Okay. And then from there, it just became like, okay, we got to start growing. And then it became like the thing. So everybody got spoiled on this new cut, and it became like the biggest shit ever. Now everything that's cut from that original cut, that that original genetics, is what you have now. This it's been been spliced with other things and other over genetics the over the years. Yeah. But to find that. Original cut is hard to do now. He said, bro, we're going searching for but that. The, but there's still the, like the originals. The originals. Yeah. Um, the originals um, is is a, is a group that still grows OG. That's all they grow, and they have the original cut too. So those guys, if you want to find OG, the originals have it. I'm pretty sure Be Real has some secret magic stash somewhere around there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Kenji still knows how to do it. But th- 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 that's how th- the chronic became such a big deal. And then from there, everything exploded. Well, let's think about it, right? Even from the chronic, when Hardball Granddaddy Purple hit the scene, it was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's that shit mutated into something crazy. Yeah. I could, I, could I ask for a time frame? When did Chronic come into the picture and then when did Grand Early 2000s, come maybe late 90s? Oh, early before, 2000s? Yeah, yeah mid 90s. Mid 90s. Mid 90s. That's when it landed and then it just started growing. It may be before that, but I, yeah. what I'm saying, it came, became what it was where, you know, people started referring it to it by that name, The right, Chronic, right. especially with the help of Dr. Dre's release. Yeah. It became, like, labeled, this is what it you is. You ever smoke you know sticks? I did. I can't stand them. I didn't like them. Tie sticks? <laughs> <laughs> the like shit with a string bud. around it? Yeah, it was tie bud. <laughs> it was like, this shit. It's, it's, <laughs> a blunt with, yeah. with string? Yeah, and tie sticks, it was, like, it was like a certain weed. It was like kind of, it was like somebody made a paste uh, and then put it around this fucking stick. Like sausage? And then, and then wrapped some string around it. It was like, it was like the weed version of smoking a beady. You know what I mean? Right. Remember I'm beaties? Smoking, I remember beaties. Them beaties. lung busters? Them lung busters. Oof. Man, I used to have a couple like Jamaica homies who smoked them. It's the beaties. Razzcats used to smoke it's like they was going out of style. I was like, <laughs> I opened one up. It's like little squares of shit. It's like, yeah. I ain't smoking this shit. Okay, okay. Shout out to Raz guys. He's from yeah, Carson. Shout, yeah, right Carson. Right? Carson yeah. in the building. Yeah. All right. So, so speaking of. Because I, I, I want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to really know what's going on with lasagna, ganja, and like, what's the plan for it? Like, what even made you even want to start? I want to know where the name came from. Yeah, of course. I I I came up with the name, okay. um, because again, lasagna ganja. There's so there's so many layers to the to the cannabis industry. Mm. 
So that's why you start. There's no food involved. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got me. No food involved. Although we thinking about it. But but uh, he said you got me. Yeah. Hands <laughs> 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 you over. <laughs> I love when a big person can take a fat joke. Like I got you. I got you. Get it out the way. Get it out the way. I know what's coming. <laughs> so yeah, man. You know. Um. So that's why I came up with the name. I wanted to do it because there's a lot of misinformation out there about cannabis. Period. There's a lot of things that are happening within cannabis that, you know, let's face it, people of color, people that look like us don't get involved in. Mm -hmm. um, so I am one of the few owners, operators in cannabis um, of, of of my descent, right? And so there's Al Harrington, there's, uh, there's a, a few other people. It is becoming nationalized. It's like we're getting left out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I, I feel like the information that's out there and the talent that we have as a culture yeah. is very much needed. But you don't hear about these things. They're not advertised. They're not put in the paper. You, you can't go to LinkedIn and, and find these positions. Because, position, right. Yeah. Because we, we being being a cannabis owner, having your enough capital to go out there and. And and put that money out there towards that is 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 a I feel like that train has left the station because it's so much that has like, happened. You feel like it was done on purpose, absolutely legalizing the weed, like because it up the modern day bag boy. You know no, what I'm no, saying? Not not, not in not, a sense. No, 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 not really. Because as long as the taxation and the way that it is regulated is in place, yeah. black market is always going to win. Why would you pay for? Uh, something that you that you're getting paid, you have to pay an extra thirty three percent of taxation when the homeboy got it in the ziploc. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they, and it's, he's happy, you're happy, everybody. That, that happy. didn't come from here, by the way. No, no, no. No, I brought this. I brought this. I bought this. I don't know where he got that from. We do not sell cannabis whatsoever. So I just wanted to make sure. What's going on? What are you talking about? Just to let you know. But you picked it up and I was like, whoa. I found this. But you did launch a cannabis. That was outside somewhere. I found that. You did launch a cannabis brand named Napalm. Yes, I did. But before that, it was Brass Knuckles. Okay. Once I did Brass Knuckles, we were like the first vape market, the first vape on the market that was as tremendously known and 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 circulated as it was at the time we were the first. Okay. So I had business partners in that, ended up uh, moving on from that, and then Napalm was my second um, step into it. Okay. And so now as things expand, um, you know, I, I have a my first dispensary opening. Um, it's called Exhibits West Coast Cannabis. Fire. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's coming in and it's in Bel Air. First one in that area, so okay. yeah, yeah, bougie yeah. nigga, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so did he, so did he I thought he was gonna there. say like, you know, we gonna go down, we gonna hit the streets, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. gonna be probably downtown LA or nah, something, you know. It's gonna really, really it, everything is about everything yeah. is about location, yeah. right? True. So, so, so the location that we have is really dope, and uh, I feel like um, it's that's the next step into my cannabis work. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like being able to not only understand the um, marketing and branding side of it, but step into the retail side. Retail, so, okay. Yeah. That's up. Congratulations on that. Thank well, you, man. Come on, Appreciate bro. It. We know niggas buy weed. Them people up there at church, they're going to be like, man, you got some edibles. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yes. Edibles. And the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah, which yeah. I'm sure you, know you would have some edibles. Uh, when uh, <laughs> when you guys plan on opening? Uh, well, right now, right now it's... it's we 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 trying to do it before the end of the year, but if cool. not, it'll be open up next year. Okay, yeah, early. 
Bel Air, huh? Yeah. I did Can't not expect you to say that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, you know, down to L.A., man, we're going to open one up. Yeah, like, well, it's oversaturated. Like something. I said, location, yeah. location, yeah. location. Right. Well, he come you out know? with something exclusive. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice, man. And and, and I, I can't wait to bring what I feel is missing from the retail experiences that I've had mm-hmm. and make my store something different. You know what I'm saying? And I think right. I have some really dope ideas of the way that we have it set and the way we present it because, um, you know, cannabis is nothing like alcohol and it's nothing like clothing. It's nothing like music. You know what I'm saying? Like the traditional things you've seen celebrity artists get into. What made you want to get this into this space? Was it because you had the love for weed and you said, F- it, I want to really, you know, bring some culture to mm-hmm. it and let them know like that weed's a part of the culture. It's not a dr- it's not a drug. It's not like for yeah. drug use, like yeah. people popping pills or sipping yeah. syrup or, you know what I'm saying, other things, other vices like that. You, you hit it right on the head because it is a culture. Yeah. Everything we do is culture. Yeah. The way we dress, the way we the way we communicate through music, the way you know, all these things are culture based, okay. um, uh, and it's not trendy because trends come and go. Culture is something mm. that is that is sustainable and that goes through generations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the West Coast especially, like there is a culture out here that is beyond what people can change. You can't, you can dress it up different. You can do all that stuff, but it, it is a culture. It's the same way, same rules apply. West Coast, right? West Coast. Co- yeah, West Coast gang rules, baby. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, for and sure. So, and so what is, w- w- what made me want to get into cannabis, it is it was a natural thing that I understood uh, everything about and I could do it in my sleep and it's something I love. I found that if I do something I love, I never work a day in my life. And so I love making music. I love doing film and TV. I love cannabis. I, you know what I'm saying? So I go into things that I understand um, because now I know how to do it. From I know how to build a business now. And now I just know how to apply these things to the, to, to, to the actual genres I love. You know how to maximize these areas. Absolutely. And, and, and once you understand how to build a business and run a business the right way, mm-hmm. then being able to get good people around you, which is the hard part. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In anything you do, finding good people is the hardest thing to do, because not everybody wants it as bad as you do. Nobody get, nobody sees it the same way you do, and everybody everybody has an agenda. It just depends on how you know is the agenda that they have more damaging, or is it going to be manageable? Well, let's look. At, let's <laughs> let's bro, for real, and let's really look at it and break it down, right? I don't think it's about finding good people. It's about finding loyal people. Because even if a person might be mad that day, you need their loyalty to override their good or how they feel. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Loyalty in the mixture and everybody having the same goal. Yeah. is very important to that's, right. a, that's an aspect of it but I, me personally I'd rather take somebody that's skillful that's good at what they do mm-hmm. over a person that's like kind and loyal like mm-hmm. me personally mm-hmm. I take the person that's good at what they do and pay you for your service and that's that versus this loyalty but you might not be that good at what you do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that's just yeah yeah, yeah. That. You, you talking about hiring the homeboys that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which <laughs> doesn't cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It like, doesn't you're cut to it. me, but you're not good at this, yeah. bro. So but like, I mean, well, there's something either. to that. There's something to that. And not yeah. to cut you off, but well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, in my experience, yeah. I've done that before. I've I've brought unqualified people forward with me. That's the perfect word. And yeah. and it's cost me more than just the business. There's cost me friendships. It's cost me family members. There's entitlement issues. There's there's all this that happens because 
unqualified people that don't don't understand it or understand big pictures come forward with you. You yeah. can't take niggas with you like Harriet Tubman. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. But you I know, feel like sometimes true. loyalty, yeah. you can build them to be great at the job. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. long as they want to stay consistent, that's why I would take loyalty. Yeah. I'm like anybody can right. learn. Right. But but then that you know, learning that learning curve is also going to cost you. You know, yeah. cost you time and energy yeah. and, good and margin. That's a good game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I so so what I've found is that you do find qualified people. Okay. Um it's it and 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 you bring those people in and you keep the friendship and the business separate. Okay. Mm. You keep mm. it separate because you know, you have to be knowing that the importance is the business. And you got to be willing to fire the weak link. Ain't you know what I'm saying, and, and 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 not and let I, it be because of the relationship is right. Why you the keep relationship them. is there why you keep them. Yeah, and you suffer in the end. So you know, I, I, as much there's people that do come in that have been friends, okay. and you know what I'm saying. But usually, you know, the people that have issues with me now and all that stuff, I used to take care of them. So you know what I'm saying. It feels. It Ain't feels that about a bitch. Yeah, it always goes, goes right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. people that yeah. even fed or took care of. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day where this detective guy was on there. He's like, all the years that that I've been working in homicide, you know, people that nine times out of ten, the people that kill you are the people that say they used to love you. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's there's a there's a lot of shit that happens in business that can be forgiven but not forgotten. So you've had you know? something like that happen, like bringing in family members. And- oh, yeah. I mean, it's trial and error. Even even from, even from you know, when I started music, you know, um, everybody wants that mentality of, like, I want to bring everybody with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I get on, nigga, it's going to be us. Nigga, we, yeah, everybody's high-fiving. Nigga, we good. Yeah, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nigga, mm-hmm. you know, let's go. This We, we about to do this. That you know what we saying? always yeah, turn yeah, to yeah. after a while. Yeah, we, yeah. we always. So what you yeah. going to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, my nigga, like, I, and everybody wants to step into that leadership role. But in order for things to work, it can't just be words. It has to be actions. You know what I'm saying? So actions are the, the, the actions are bigger than words, you know, and they mean more. Right. So, so that's where my feeling has happened, where it got to that point. So that's how, you know, I've run everything now. Yourself, like, okay. yeah. How did? Let me ask you this. Speaking of, uh, let's talk about good people. Mm-hmm. How did you come across Cannabis Cutie, Miss T? Oh man, Tammy. Tammy has her own platform. Okay. Right. The Cannabis Cutie is is I saw that. Yeah, she she, she empowers women. She's really into you know cannabis knowledge. She 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 has mm. you know what I'm saying. It's like she's very educated. She come today. You know, no, no. I'm anti on <laughs> <laughs> education. <laughs> Shout out, Tammy. Shout out, Tammy. Maybe we wanted you here today. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. happened. She was supposed to actually be here today. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. She love. thought Crimac was going to be here. Crimac <laughs> <laughs> is not here today. We got the email. Crimac is not in today. Shout out, Crimac, man. We love you, G. 55th straight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, for the podcast, like, mm. what type of people are you guys? Interviewing, like guess what? Well, yeah, guess wise, we, like we talk to everybody. Like our 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 goal is to get this from your street to Wall Street and educate everybody in between, right? So we we talk to people who grow the plant, people who sell the plant, people who lawmakers, you know, people who do regulations for the plant, you know, people who own retail, people who do um, uh, uh, cultivation across small lights, mini lights. 
you know, people, multi-state operators. There's so many people that are involved in this thing that still hasn't been federally legalized yet. So, um, you know, it's it's we, we pick people that are interesting, but we also want people to know, like, these are the things that you should be paying attention to. If I'm mis- if I'm mistaken, please correct me. So y'all kind of like the storm chasers of cannabis. Storm like chasers? Like y'all try to get down to the bottom of the, you know what I'm saying, like to the root of things. Like and try to go, y- y'all chase certain things in the cannabis industry. Journalists? Yeah, pretty much Absolutely. of the cannabis industry, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. what's going on. Because like you said, there's some shit that's not regulated yet, right. legalized. Some people are having problems, troubles. Definitely want to come on and talk about it in the cannabis space. Correct. There's, 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 like we consider ourselves like the, 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 the Joe Rogan Dateline. There we combination go. Combination oh, yeah. of we cannabis. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like down to the bottom line. Y'all right. are trying to chase the bottom line of this. And, get, and, and, and cut through the misinformation. Right. About that, cannabis. That, right. that is what it is because there's a lot of people that are now warming up to it. A lot of elderly people are now coming back to discovering, you know, the you know the devil's, devil's lettuce, lettuce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no longer yeah. the the mentality. So now it's 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 more of okay, let's educate people so that, you know, cuz we know misinformation gets shot out and people Every run day. to it and 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 digest it and it's dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, we also can't let this thing, you know, be change uh, let people change the narrative about what this thing is. And because right now it is really hard to run a cannabis business in California. It's really hard. It's overtaxed. It okay. is. It is overregulated. Um, you know, like I said, there's at the end of the day, out of every dollar that comes out, thirty three and plus, so maybe thirty three plus is taken out by taxes. I mean, he's right more, because right. you go into the store to buy an eighth. You're talking seventy dollars for Correct. a top shelf. You're know saying because thirty dollars of that, twenty nine dollars of that is going to go towards taxes. taxes period. Right. Like thirty dollars taxes on. Correct. Correct. But that's why people buy on the black market, like you were saying. Correct. Oh, but, and but it makes sense why you corrected me earlier. He was like, no, the black market's always going to thrive because they're putting too much tax, tax on that right, shit. Right, right. But here's the, here's a flip side of that coin. Yeah. Um, it's not just, just flour that's being sold. Um, you know, when you buy a regu- regulated um, legal eighth, you can, you, it will, it will te- it's tested. There's no pesticides. There's no prop. There's no. There's nothing. It has to pass a vigorous test before man. it's put on the on the shelf. Now, when you buy from the black market, this man, this good luck, <laughs> good luck, because be they put good luck. They, yeah. they, you know, it's some it's some people that you know spray shit on their weed yeah. to make it smell a certain man. way. Yeah. There's some there's some people that put bullshit in the carts. You don't know what you're smoking. There's pesticides problems. People taking shortcuts. You playing with you putting something in your body, right? So just because it's cheaper, don't mean you know what I'm saying. Like it's good, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, you can have some top ramen once in a while, but nigga, you gonna live off top ramen? You gonna you know what I'm saying? Like man, it's cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. You can get a gang of it. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like you don't know what people are doing in that process. And as we go forward, you know you want to know what you're putting in your body. So buying a legal way is 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 the way to go. But until they fix the regulation, like I said, people are always going to take the chance. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about your upbringing a little bit, man. Absolutely. You know I'm saying I believe you was uh, 
from Detroit originally. Was yeah, I was in born in Detroit. I was born in Detroit. Oh, there you go. Oh, what side? Uh, I was born in Henry Ford Hospital. Okay, yeah, all right, cool. You know I was on the east side, Seven yeah. Mile in Healy. Yeah, man, my yeah. people, man, Seven Mile, Pinehurst, Six Mile, Telegraph. And I had people stay on Cherry Lawn, Green Lawn, yeah. all that shit, man, Yosemite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so all my people, all uh, that okay, shit. Okay, hell yeah, okay. This, what this up, hood? That's the hood. What up, We in two, though, no, for sure, for sure. No, but I left when I was nine, so. There's that. Oh, just early yeah, childhood. Yeah, early yeah, childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my family's still there. My family, I got still fam, I still got family in Hamtramck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, That's live. Yeah, yeah. That's live right there, man. So, so uh, after I, when I left there, I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then from Albuquerque, New Mexico, I came to California. No wonder, like you be sounding agitated in some of your rhymes, nigga. You lived in a hot ass place, and ain't what to do out in that. Right. For it's real. That was the desert for real, man. Well, I feel blessed because I've been able to live all across the country. And I've been able to to meet a lot of different, you know, have a different impact from different cultures. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I spent like seven, eight years in New Mexico um, and learned a lot, you know, coming from Detroit, New Mexico. Um, the culture shock a little bit. I bet. Desert, nigga. Because <laughs> it's just came from trees. Yeah, came from trees and green grass yeah, and shit. Yeah. Come out here, nigga, straight desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had, I still got a lot of friends and family there. And then coming into California, it was like I was well around. I became a man in California. Yeah. I was like 17, 18 years old. My children were born here. Okay. You know, I be, I grew up, you know, like with, you know, Purpose here. I found my way here. You know what I'm saying? Like Understandable. my career. Were you shocked by gang culture and just LA culture? No, no, no. It was shit. Was going on. It was going on over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was when I got to New Mexico. I, before I left, it was like people that was coming out from from California out there. Oh, okay. You so know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Setting said, up shop, getting work. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was, it was, uh, it, it, that's how the connection was happening. You know what I'm saying? It was niggas with Jerry Curls and shit. It was Crips coming out there in New Mexico, like, hey, where y'all from? You definitely not from here. So listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of West Coast gangster rap already at that time, it was already big out there. You Absolutely. Come on, yeah, it was in full swing. Niggas ain't the 1800s. How old do you think I am? Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. I know y'all didn't have internet and social media. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. The internet was almost here, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just asking what the music spread. Was y'all bumping that? He said with gangster rap going. Hey, man. Oh, man. God damn, G. I know that gangster rap was going. I'm asking, was y'all listening to that in Albuquerque? Yes, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> my fault, my fault. No, you nah, did right. That was great. We had, we had cell phones that and everything. <laughs> I wouldn't call them cell phones. Yeah, but. Yeah. That motherfucker was bricks back then. <laughs> the Motorola My uncle had that big-ass brick. I ain't gonna lie. That motherfucker was like oh, a house phone. Funny. Oh, shit. That motherfucker was like a military phone, nigga, for real. Yeah. So you come to uh, L.A. How did you link up with King T from Compton? Oh, yeah, dude. Um... Well, first, Legendary King before, T. Before I, met, before I met King T, um, I, I met a, a gentleman named Top. Um, Top was was uh, a guy that wanted to be like a, mu a music manager. Okay. He had, you know, like Volume 10, a couple other folks. Um, and so, oh, Ganja K, rest in peace. And um, he had this guy introduce me to named James Broadway. James Broadway was a producer from this produce, production crew called 360. And from there, 
uh, Broadway was was producing King T. Okay. And so that was the first time I had been in the studio in that kind of capacity. And uh, it was dope to be able to come around because I used to just freestyle. I was coming from battle rapping. Okay. So I would I just had a gang of motherfucking bars. They weren't chopped up or nothing. I, once I no go, structure. I go like 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? No structure, no, <laughs> no nothing. Structure. Just rattling words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in that environment, I got to be able to learn how to um, like structure songs, write hooks, bars, bridges. Okay. You know, and that's where it came from. Um, the, he was the first signed artist that I met. And then I met the Alcoholics. Then after I groomed a little bit, then he was like, yo, man, I think you got it, kid. He put me on a record, put me on a song. Yeah. And and, and they were the ones that kind of gave me my first light, you know? Right. What was your first impression of the alcoholics like when you met them? I, 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 was, I was like, man, this is it. These niggas are Superman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, because Make Room was huge. You know, so only, only when I'm drunk. Okay. You know, King T has such a legacy already. Yep. He's already a right. staple, you know? So these these guys were were really like popping, you know what I'm saying? And and I was just learning a lot from them. I learned everything from them, you know. And then the, how to how to be an artist, right? And then you know when I got you know around 2000, Dr. Dre, you know what I'm saying? The right, work right. started with him. You know, I, mean, what I got some questions about that. We're gonna definitely get to the Dre thing, but I yeah. definitely wanted to take it back. Can you remember like your very first studio se- session in general? Like, do you remember that? Your first time recording a record, not battle rapping. Re- recording a record. Uh-huh. Um, I had done I had done demos. Okay. Um with because there was no mixtapes and shit when we were doing shit. There was, but it was more of an East Coast thing. Okay. Right? And and out here in the West, it was like a scene. Like you had to show up and like get down. You know oh, what I'm saying? Live. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like there you you had to you usually of a big act was coming you got to open up for them and that was like money, you know. And then there was like the wake up show and all that stuff. So, um, uh, what was the quote? Your was first it? studio. Well, session. the first studio yeah, session. So, so to be honest, the very first thing I ever recorded was uh, as far as a studio session was paparazzi. The first mm-hmm. time, that I, lead single. Wow. the first time I went into the studio to record, mm-hmm. it was that song. You walked out with a hit. Your first studio session. First studio yeah, session. That was a hit, yeah, bro. Paparazzi. You know that, right? That yeah. was a hit. Yeah, bro. that was crazy. Man. Straight up, bro. Yeah, I, I, you know, and at the time, because we, because my shout out to Thayad. Thayad was the, the dude who produced that record, but we wanted, I wanted orchestra music, right? I, 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 fuck you mean? What do you mean by that? Like a lot of uh, instrumentation, oh, right? If you listen you to played pop, instruments coming you, up, what? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, right. I, I was going. I, you know, niggas play for like a week and be like, "Yeah, I used to play the piano." No, <laughs> no. no but orchestra. No, no. What's that mean? Like you know I'm saying, like I want an orchestra music like that. If you listen to Paparazzi, there's a full orchestra behind it, and it's a sample mm-hmm. of like this um, Barbara Streisand single. Yeah, right? uh, Barbara Streisand like opera singing work record. Yeah. And um and so that was a backdrop during G Funk when all these other you know the West Coast had a traditional sound. Okay. And so I wanted to be a little you know outside the outside the 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 lines a little bit outside yeah. the mainstream and try something different. Okay. And so that's how that's how it, that's how we cut through. I think you'd make a hard ass rock and roll out. 
Oh man, Your I got some rock go songs. I know you do. That's I got why some I rock feel songs. Like, I think you'd make a cold ass album, bro. Yeah. No bullshit. If like, you go listen to, uh, I got a single called Napalm that I, I it's, it's off. It's a single off the album I released Napalm in 2012. Album. Yeah. If you go listen to that, um, that's uh, a song I did with uh, 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 what the DJ from Slipknot. Um, that's and, crazy. And and uh, Travis Barker on the drums. And Travis and it's Barker called Napalm. And it, it, it's it, it was it was crazy you know to be able to 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 hear myself in that but i've done a lot of shows with like lincoln park limp biscuit right all these so it, right. my music was kind of already feeling that that had that texture to it and to have been with yeah. them guys you've had to been in this shit a long time absolutely to have done something with the name them dudes is all legendary man them groups are legendary absolutely. so to even say like hey man i've done shows with them not a lot of people get the opportunity to say yep. that yeah, and there for was a real, bunch of real. there was a bunch of tours that we did together too, rock and yeah. hip, rock, you know, uh, rock and hip hop tours. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to go out together. Um, the big festival tours, uh, I mean, the big festivals in Europe, all that was all that was like hand in hand because those genres was mixing at oh, the time. A blended line of rock Correct. stars and rappers. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you, and I like to ask a lot of artists, and I feel like you might have the most insight on it. Do you feel like you got more love in the states or overseas when you were doing tours and shows? I think I think uh, here in the states we're spoiled, mm. right? Um, I thought it was the opposite, but oh uh, well, no, we're spoiled. What do you mean by that? That means that the the artists that that we like live here. Ah, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. so they right. so, so you may see somebody you know out and about. You may be yeah. able to fly a state over. And see a show and, you know, gauge whether you want right. to be there or not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Europe, they never see us so they, until we get there. Yeah. Like, they they follow us. They 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 love our our music. They love, you know, everything we, we our messaging. Mm-hmm. But to actually be there and see them live is like they couldn't see it nowhere else. So it's a different type of appreciation. So they really excited to see you and they get in. But they also like a certain type of hip-hop. Like, they like, they like traditional like hip hop like lyrics be you know what I'm saying I, I dare say old school but it's not old school it's like they like a certain type of hip hop so you know what I'm saying like they don't like crossover records or the commercial stuff as much they they, like the, 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 a lot of the stuff that's coming up now um, but it's also different because they have their own local music now so uh, you, but before before yeah. before it was, there was you know the number one you know German artist was an American but now, number one German artist, the German. top ten, top twenty are all German. Okay. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, like it, it's 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 not the same landscape. So they have their own taste in music now, which is different. But they the, their favorites, they still f- with. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm sure you being one of them. Oh, for I can sure. still I could go tour yeah. Europe right now. Saying, get a bag. I ain't put a record right now. I I ain't put a record out since 2014, and I could still go tour right now. Speaking, speaking, you know, speaking you of tours, you want to go ahead and go do the Up and Smoke tour? Yeah. I want to ask you about that legendary tour. So many legendary artists were on the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, iconic tour. We wanted to know what was your favorite uh, moment from the tour Ooh. or favorite stop, and then we wanted to ask what was like the worst stop on the tour. Uh, it was the favorite favorite stop. You know, I mean, the, fa- the favorite part of the tour was the whole tour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, um, being able to travel with those legends. And be you know part of history like that um, was magnificent. It ran like it ran like clockwork, okay. and um, you know 
I, that was from from my experience. I'm pretty sure the production had their headaches and whatnot, and Man. but Dre's a perfectionist, so everything was was status quo, you know. And uh, you know, as far as the favorite stop, I mean, again, like it it wasn't it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad moment on that tour for me. Perfect. Everything was dope. Yeah. Um, but the worst stop, the worst thing that happened on the tour was is ironically uh, in Detroit. <laughs> Your hometown. Correct. Your birthplace, yeah. Uh, there was a video that played before Snoop and Dre came out to start their set. Okay. And and it was it was basically them, you know, getting into a shootout in a liquor store, dropping the weapons and walking out on stage in the same clothes that was on the video. It was oh. seamless. It was awesome. Yeah, that's hard. And so Detroit had a problem with the video because there was some nudity in it. And there was, there was, they just had a, a moral issue with the video. But okay. nobody else, I mean, it's a fucking Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg show. What the <laughs> Have you heard these records? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hell, for real. Like, and you know so we about to come out here and say this. So they said that. So so some so it became a pissing contest with uh, the city uh, officials that they said if you show the video, we're going to shut you down, or we're going to arrest you, or we're going to whatever. So um, long story short, they played a video. Um, show went out without a hitch. But just that headache of just people trying to, you know, come in and so know, push their anyway. way around. No, they we did it. it. Yeah. He said they it. did it anyway. It didn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah it, it, did not, it did not matter. Take up it with was that just, shit afterwards. Yeah, it was just a done. whole lot of, you know, come posturing and, and, and pissing contests yeah. in that particular place. But it, the show went off without a hitch. Everybody had a great time. And I think that was the only issue that happened on the tour, but that's documented. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can see that. But other than that, man, still the city of Detroit came out. They loved it. <clears throat> Marshall tore it down. You know what I'm saying? It so was, it wasn't nothing necessarily with the fan base. It was the city of Detroit and mayors and shit like that. Yeah. Talking about, Hey, y'all ain't about to be showing this video. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. What about the, the weed y'all was smoking on that tour? Like, was it? It was, the, it was the crime. Mid, nigga. <laughs> Probably mid. No, he knew a lot about it. He knew a lot about stress. Yeah. So I know you had a couple oh, stress things no, in the mix. Not on that no, tour. not, not on at that all, tour. man. Not at all. Not at all. That was that was amazing. That was, you know, um, a moment in history that I was, I was very blessed to be a part of. And uh, we had a good time. What year yeah. was it? What, 2000, 2001? 2001. Yeah, 2000, Maybe. 2001. Yeah, 1999. That, that was one of the most iconic. The Up and Smoke was one of the most iconic tours yeah. that ever happened. Yeah. yeah. Everybody and their mama wanted to go to that. <laughs> Will we ever get a part two or like a reunion tour? Did that ever happen? Yeah, get a raw guy. Uh, <laughs> Would he you is, be up it. for going and doing you something? Motherfucking right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotta know, man, for real. Did you ever um did you ever receive any type of backlash or weird energy for not necessarily being an LA native? Absolutely. Okay. What was it like? But but you, you said did I receive any? Yeah, oh, did yeah. you ever receive any like negativity or you know, weird energy yeah, you know, only from when not I, being LA native? Yeah, only when I started winning. <laughs> For that real, part. that's how. That's yeah. usually when that happens, right? Yeah, when, when I was when when niggas felt I wasn't a threat, then yeah, it's, everybody loves exhibit. Okay. But uh, <laughs> when I started winning the game, it was just like, yo, well, uh, 
you know, then you start looking around like, how come, you know, how come we're not, how come not we're not where he is? Oh, okay. I blame it on Yeah, him. yeah. Well, well, he ain't even from here. Like, yeah. so, okay, so that makes it even worse. Still West Coast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got I to bring it back to your podcast because yeah. I'm curious about that you hopping in this space because it's like a new nigga on the block. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I got some questions about that, and I'm sure you do. I, I want some point out. Yeah. How I, what even made you jump over into this space, loved one? Well, look, check this, it out. This is a rough A, homie. This is some rough shit on me. I know. I already Ooh. know. But I've always, I've always stepped into things that are a challenge for me, right? And I, I've been looking at the way social media and some things are not for me, yeah. right? So, you know. TikTok? I, yeah, yeah. I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> I do have one because I, I have my name. Right. Because your name's your name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to own it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When new yeah. platforms come down, I, I own it. Um, but I, I, I felt like um, with the podcast that was the, me controlling the narrative, right? Like, I love cannabis. I feel like it's the most informative way that people, you know, get their information and, and, and entertainment now. It's a new platform. You know, remember, I was the first, you know, to do Pimp My Ride. You know, at the time, there was no reality TV that hip-hop wanted to be involved with. It was actually frowned upon. But at one point in time, Pepsi commercials were also frowned upon. But now, the will do a reality show with Pepsi in their hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like with, with a tattoo of, of uh, Oreo in their face because they want to get the get to the money. Yeah. But at one time, that wasn't that wasn't looked at as I know being exactly down. what you're talking you know what I'm saying? about. And now that's exactly the thing. So, about. would you say that you trailblazed the way for rappers that transition into uh, media figures or television stars like the Joe Buttons, the Norries, or any other rapper that? Oh well, well I won't. I won't take credit for that because, in their own right, Joe Button is is definitely he. But he did the same thing. Okay. He stepped out of what was he was known for or the box that people put him in okay. and made it another, made another way. The same way I stepped away and did film and TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, TV first, cable first, and then TV, uh, and, and, you know what I'm saying? This shit, and then though, movies. You wanted some game on this, right? Yeah, yeah. This shit, once you step into this shit, it's hard to go back, baby. Yeah. They don't let you go back because now you've opened the world up to a different side of you that's, a talking point. They're not mm -hmm. just going off your lyrics no more. Right. They're not going off no, the that would have a, the beat. That's what happened. That. Yeah. They're going off of everything that you say, and everything that you say will be used, held accountable, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the shit, bro. Yeah. They're going to spin it. They're going to break it down. Yeah. You, you got to know that that's what's going to come with it, not to mention people are going to say a lot of nasty comments. People are going to do, which I'm sure, you know, even being a you know famous rapper like yourself, you know, you've dealt with your shit, but it's not as big as no, today. No, skin is thick, baby. You got to have tough but skin. It's yeah, different. Yeah. it's different today <laughs> because you can actually see it. People can comment. You know, you don't just hear it word of mouth. Like you used to, like, oh, hey, hating like that shit don't mean nothing. Now the shit come to your front door. I can't see exactly come to your front door. Um, deterred by some Instagram comments or some YouTube. Nah, it. I mean, it, it's 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 a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? It's like I've I've been talked bad about for years, but you know, it's what you pay attention to. Okay. Mm. There's there's three niggas that's gonna talk shit, but there's 50 people that fucking love me. Mm. So yeah. why am I paying attention to the three niggas that don't like me? Yeah. Everybody ain't gonna like you. Yeah. Get over it. Hey, Get over yourself. Niggas, you know why I always watch them niggas? Yeah. I know they somewhere, somehow, praying and trying to plot on a nigga downfall. Understood. So I understood. always try to keep them niggas close. 
I mean, I don't want to know how you're doing. I want to see what you're doing. So, oh, so, so, so I have an answer for that, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when you engage with somebody, yeah. like my grandfather used to say, you know, you don't argue with a fool because from a distance you can't tell who's who. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't engage with it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. And, and you know, I try to, I try to stay away from people who always come to me with gossip and all that other shit because— I don't want to feel no kind of way. If you got a problem with me, you're going to have to go out of your way to come get it to me. Right. And and that's how me not engaging does that. It weeds them out. You got to come forward. Because okay. if you get me to engage, get get me to engage on this thing. Yeah. And now now we into something, even though you didn't have the balls to come say it to me yeah. in face to face. Okay. You know, now I invited that energy. You know what I'm saying? You hopping, you hopping in this space. You know, the media space and, you know, coming to new media. What's your take of things and like some of the things that you see going on? Like if you see things right, you feel like, hey, this is an exciting space to hop in. Or you feel like, hold on, somebody need to come in and pump the brakes of some of this shit. Some truth needs to be said. I I think it's the same way that everything else is fed to us. Yeah, like using food as an as an analogy. Mm. There's some fast food out there. It's not another fast joke, neither. No, no. (laughs) I I throw that out there. I I didn't say anything. Dog is D my nigga. Like, and he talked the person earlier, so now I was on alert for you. Like, hold on, we ain't about to just keep going around. It's all good. I appreciate it. I was like, hold on, dog. Like, yeah, I wasn't even going there. I haven't ate today, but go ahead. No, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. You want me to post made some shit? I get. Oh, it's good. I have no appetite. I'm feeling. Look, Jimmy say, man, get your rice, man. No, but I mean, you got fast food. You got you know mid level restaurants. Then you got gourmet. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think the podcast world, social media world is the same. There's something like like TikTok is like McDonald's fast food. You know what I'm saying? Ta- Taco Bell. You know what I'm saying? Like the podcast can be from like Sizzler all the way up to Ruth Chris. Mm. And then you got fine dining. You know what I'm saying? Like the Mel Robbins podcast. Things, you know what I'm saying? Like five star. Yeah, things five that millions star. and millions and millions of engaging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, five star. Like, like. What are some of the podcasts that you watch on your personal time? Uh, I, I do I do a lot of no jumper. You know what I'm saying? I do a lot of. Um, watch a lot I, of this controversy. I'll be kicking on. Yeah, man. I, man, I'll be like, <laughs> what the f? Yo, this shout out to Adam, man. He a wild boy. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with Adam. Yo, the yeah. first time I met Adam, you know, he came to the interview dressed like Eminem, like, like makeup and everything. Why? <laughs> was it Halloween? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Because I was, because when he walked in and it was the interview day, I said, uh, is this nigga really... I was, I was like, he can't be. I thought he really, he really like, he really likes Eminem. Yeah. Either one, he really likes Marshall. Yeah. Or he, uh, or he, or he. Then I, then I was like, Halloween. Oh, he's Eminem. It's exhibit. Okay, got it, got it. At first, did you think he was getting punk? Kind of like, oh, yeah, I know. Because he, he had on like makeup and the hair, blonde hair, and everything. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to find pictures. Let's pull up some pictures of that. I'm looking forward to find pictures. Of Adam dresses him in there. No, no, but it was dope. It was dope. It was a dope interview. Yeah. He a really cool guy. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I'm glad to see the growth that he's doing. You know. But I do watch a lot of a lot of No Jumper. I, I, I listen to a lot of Dateline because um, I like the storytelling and I like the format that they have. It's it's just very cookie cutter. But you know, even though it's just a playback of the TV show, to yeah. hear it and hear the pauses and breaks and all that other thing is well, dope. We're gonna get to the format. You know, and the reality of things, that's where it gets deep for yeah. you. Because I want to know, you know, was there any time that you 
wanted to give up on this shit? Like, was there like even a split second to give up on entertainment, music, entertainment? Like, just it's gonna be a normal person. It's just possible because that's that's real. Just to be a normal person, it sounds like a a heavy buy or a big ticket, Mm -hmm. a big purchase to do for somebody that's in the limelight these days. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've talked about this before, um, but right before the Napalm album. I had like a really bad five year depression. Oh, really? Like it was super bad. Like I didn't get off the couch. Um, I was like, I would wake up in the morning. I would put on a, I'd wake up, put on a robe, and I and I'd sit there and I'd drink. Wow. Right. And I and and it was like it was like a really bad time for me. Um, that's when I was listening to people. I was, I, you know, people talking about you know my issues, my personal issues, yeah. and this and that, in the press disrespect, you know, just thin skin. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just yeah. everything was everything was resonating, everything was hidden. Yeah. And not that that would that would happen, but I was also going through financial difficulties as well. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Around and, that time. Right, around that time. So it was all kind of crashing down. And I just went through five years of nigga, I would get up, I would put on a robe, I would sit on a couch, and I would drink. And by then yourself. by myself. And then I would go in the garage, I would open the garage, I'd smoke some joints, close the garage, go sit right back down, go to sleep on the couch, wake up on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Like really bad, in a bad space. And I thought about quitting on everything. Um, and that was, a that. then I realized that no one's coming to save you. Nobody gives a fuck if you're sad or not. Nobody gives a fuck about that shit. They, they, this is what they want. They want you to stop. And I did. About five years of just sitting down. Then I got up. Actually, actually. Spell, church. Actually, actually, this is, this is exactly how it happened. Shout out to J.O. Felony. Man, my nigga, man. Dago representative. Right. J.O. Felony. Mm-hmm. He came to one, I was doing a, a radio show at the time. Uh, open bar radio and I would just cut it out of my studio that was like one of the only things I was doing and J.O. came by heard some of the music I was just pushing play on some stuff while I was in there and then he called me out of the blue and said hey I want you to come help me make some music and then I was like, well, you know, I'm in a funk, man. I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to the studio. He's like, no, you know, I want you to help. And I was like, okay, cool. So he came to the studio, and and I produced a whole record for him called James Savage. And James Savage is his real name. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was like, well, let's 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 do something different. Okay, people know Jo Felony, but let's let's if I'm gonna produce this, I want to. I want to do it and put it in a different light and tell so your you story. So you produced that entire album. And for you. yes, I did. And in producing that record, I found my light. I found my spark. I found, I found, I stepped out of being the artist and looked at the artist being built. I didn't even know you had produced shit, Church. So the year yeah. like that you produced and then you did it for J.O. Felony. Yeah. You know, he said that gang members, man. Like, yeah. really fucking with niggas that's really with that and shit. And the album is smacking. If you get a chance, yeah. go go listen to James Savage. It's, it's, it's on iTunes. It's everywhere. But um, listen to that James Savage album. And you'll understand that that was a turning point for me. 
Like there's video every I, we did a video for each song on a record and put together a little mini movie um, called Broken Ground and oh, oh that that supports the album. And I'm telling you, that felt like it it, it made me stand up. That's good. And then it made me start walking. And then after that, I started running. And then after that, I started sprinting. Hey. And then I was after that, I was like brass knuckles. After that, you and then it was flying. like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? And now, start I'm, flying. And now I'm in a Rari. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now I got fucking chains. Yeah, and not even about it. money, I found peace. That part. And, and I found I, you again. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to just like I was able to like rejuvenate. It's and so that's why that's why it's like now, yeah, like I, I hear people, man, and 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 they don't have new material. It's the same material over and over again because oh, yeah, they can't really say nothing else. You know what I'm saying? But I, I had to realize, like, they're going to say that all the time. They they they, they going to perceive me how they want to perceive me. But then I started counting. I was like, let me look at the data. There's more people that love me than than, than don't. You know what, what I'm saying? So why am I catering to the, the, the 1% out of my 100% that want to go out and seek out. You seek out negativity for some, we, we as people seek it out. Like we looking for it's problems. It's sickness, right? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, like cancer, bro. It's like you can see a hundred, you can see a hundred things that are positive in that one thing. You keep it in a bed today, church. Fuck you, you suck, you son of a bitch. You clicking on a nigga, you're like, who is this nigga? Who is who is this? Right, but you Let me see this nigga. Oh, nigga, that's why your page is there. Like, don't get into that. But don't you won't respond to everybody who said something positive. As you, you scroll right, right past it. You scroll right past it. You're right Be like, that. you changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, yeah, you yeah. gave me inspiration. You gave me hope. No, I'm dealing with the nigga who got the... <laughs> The fuck, the, the fuck you emoji. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's backwards. You right about that. There's right <laughs> one thing that Bishop Don Juan, Bishop Don Magic Juan, shout out to him, man. That's my loved one. He used to always say, you know, accept the love, ignore the hate. So yeah. always, you know what I'm saying? Love, accept man. the love, ignore the hate, man. That was a quote from him, man. He used to always say around, like, when you see motherfuckers getting into bullshit, hey, man, yeah. accept the love. Yeah. Take the love that you're that you're getting, man. Ignore yeah. the hate, man. That shit don't. It, all it, it do is put bad energy in. It, ignore the hate until they actually try something. Yeah, and then it's time to go <laughs> fucking crazy. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, straight yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, I then, what then, you're you, then you got to preserve your presence, I have and that's an all it is. Question that we skipped over. I don't know how we skipped over yeah. this one. Where did the rap name Exhibit come from? Ah, okay. So yeah. Exhibit it was. I started writing Exhibit. I it started as Exhibit A. Oh, yeah, you know what that means? When niggas go to court, yeah, we got exhibit A. Here's yeah. the weapon right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, niggas, that's not straight up. And, and my, <laughs> and, and the, the, my yeah. first name is Alvin, so the A came okay. from that, right? Okay. That's live. So, so exhibit A is how I started writing. Okay. And I spelled it with the E X H. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And and I would use that as my battle rap name. Um, as when I got here, um, and I did that because. At the time, everybody was MC this. Right. MC Hammer, MC Ren, MC8, MC, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody was MC. And so I was like, I want to go to a different part of the spectrum. Like, I always wanted to stand out because that was the thing. How can you become, you know, how can you become your own? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what can you do to be original? And that's how that's how Exhibit A started. And then I, once I got to... Um, 
LA and I started like really like changing things up. And then the XZ came in, and then that's how I, I, I stuck with it. I've been writing Exhibit A since I was 13. That's always been your name. Whether always. it was a tag name, gang name, yeah, yeah. after you came to <laughs> write, my name was going to be Exhibit A. How did you, how did like Compton's very own King T, you know what I'm saying, as well as Alcoholics and like just Liquid Crew help change like, you know, your overall rap career, like help level you up? They, they were the first ones that I seen do it. You know, so I would just, I was, you know, I, as I was learning and grooming myself, they took me places. They they put me in positions to win, you know, um, to be seen, to be on shows with them. Like, my very first video I was ever in was Damn from the Alcoholics, you know, and I did that one little part. I didn't even rap on it. I just did, you just did a little talking on there. Okay. But that was the first time I was, like, ever in a music video. A lot of my first come from King T and Alcoholics. You know, so I'll always be able to tell them, you know, be grateful to them that they gave me the opportunity to even be here. You know what I'm saying? Do you they think King T and Alcoholics get their uh, just due? No. Especially with it being hip hop's 50th no. anniversary? No. No. I feel like that over <laughs> Yeah, 50th anniversary. I don't think no. KT gets the same recognition that, you know, he deserves. Right, as a cube or Ice-T does. Absolutely. He gets era. respect from us. Right. And, you, you know, and Biggie gave him a lot of love that he said King T was his favorite rapper. He even emulate, emulated some of his, you know, tones. That's a lot of niggas you know? that King T was a favorite rapper. They'll never admit that to right. you, bro. He They'll never yo -yo tell on you. on a few different people, King T. They'll right. never right. tell you, bro. King T was one of their favorites. Right. Bro. We live in an era now you don't give niggas yeah. they flowers if you're trying to be big. Right. It, and it's weird. It's weird because King T is a is a pioneer of this shit. And so, Real you know, shit. um I I I'd like to see I'd like to see uh that happen, you know, even yeah. with the alcoholics. Um yeah. we, we were one of the alcoholics and myself were one of the only two West Coast acts that was, you know, n nationally known, okay. internationally known. And um, you know, they don't get the same kind of, you know, recognition that I believe they should get. But now by no means are they, they not getting recognized. Right. But, you know, it should be in a different different platform. I see Ebro keeping the names alive a lot on the East Coast as Absolutely. far as it's what he can do in his media space. Were y'all all on the uh the same label? Loud Records. Loud Records with yep. that Steve Rifkin's label, correct? Yeah. What was it like being a part of that legendary label? Because that's Wu Tang, Mob D. Yeah. Uh, Maddie C was A and R there. Yes, right? absolutely. That's my journalistic and Scott uh, inspiration. Scott yeah. Hype. Yeah. And Maddie C was your A and R. What was that label like? That Dude, building it was, everything. It was incredible. Okay. And you don't realize you you didn't realize that you were part of legendary shit. Oh, at the time. At the time, it was just like we was all. Because now time excited. has passed, and you start to see the bullshit <laughs> that done got put out. Yeah. What people really they get. I feel like medals are easily given these days. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to get yeah. in the rap game and get you know an E for effort. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying there's no the participation trophy. There's no yeah. There's no struggle. <laughs> yeah, that part for real though. X, there's no struggle. Yeah. There's no. Story like I used to always respect like VH1. I think they used to do like a storytellers or like the Rock yeah, Docs and yeah. shit, where people would walk you through, um, you know, what they were going through during <clears throat> this song that they're about to get ready to perform for you. Right. Hell, fucking Kanye West sat there dressed as Pee Wee Herman and fucking Rock sat there and just sat on the ground in Indian style and just told his entire story. Whoa, I, I, I miss shit like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't really see that anymore. Like. 
what really made the music, that's what I felt like what really made fans. Right. Was to know what was really going on with the music because that's how they got in tune with the artists. Right. I was going to say artist development. Was there like artist development and loud records? With uh, uh, there was no artist development. Oh, God, you motherfucker, wrong. you better come develop. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Straight the Let's fuck go. up. Straight Shout up. Shout out to Steve Rivers. Yeah. 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 There was no artist development budget. That's how it is up no. here. No jumping. Yeah. You better come fucking develop. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it was a machine. Okay. And and the artist development was looking at the success of the artists that were on the label and wanted to make your mark, wanted to hit the bell too. Okay. Right. And so you know you look at the success of Wu Tang and you know what I'm saying and 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 Big Pun, Fat Joe. You know what I'm saying? Like like Funkmaster Flex had records that came out on Loud. Yeah. There was there was you know Mob Deep. You know what I'm saying? There was us. There was you know like you name it. Um, cellar dwellers, That's you know, like it was, it was a, it was a gang of, of, of talent on that label that made everybody want to work really hard to go forward. You know what I'm saying? Like I, everybody wanted to put points on the board. And that's why that's what that's what made everybody get better. Imagine you know a saying? movie. Imagine a loud records movie. Yeah. <laughs> or TV series, rather. I definitely yeah. want to ask you, man. Um, your third studio album, mm -hmm. uh, Restless, yep. sold Classic. over two hundred thousand in the first week and was mm -hmm. eventually certified platinum. What do you think the fans reacted to so well, like to this particular album? Uh, it was produced by Dr. Dre. Okay. <laughs> that was the first one. That was the first one he executive produced, right? It's the first one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was what we're fresh off the, you know, up and smoke tour. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. you know, I you know, it, it was it was wild because um Interscope, after all the work that we mm. had done, you know, I would never sign an Interscope. You know, even though I was that answers my question. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and I was and they tried to get me over there, okay. you know, um, and and Steve wouldn't let me go. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Steve Brickin. Yeah, we've had this conversation. It's nothing new, nothing controversial. Oh, okay, but so you and him have had this personal conversation. Absolutely. Already. So he didn't let me go, but <coughs> the friendship and the the things that that I was able to accomplish in Dre's camp. Okay, um, he was very he was very um, grateful for that you know what i'm saying like we developed a friendship beyond just making music right like okay. and so he 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 i am the only artist that he was able to come across the street so to speak and produce for even though you weren't technically signed to Aftermath. So my question was, why did you never technically sign to Aftermath? I know you've been waiting. Right. Yeah, it's been a... Because, listen, right. I went back and forth with this man. I said, Church, we really want to dive in. Absolutely. Said, I just want to know. He said, I really want to know. Really want Not to know. Why, me. What happened? What was but the But you said that it was something with you and Steve Rifkin. That's why yes. you never really... Yes, okay. yes. They tried. They best? Okay. okay. They tried. Uh, but, but it just didn't work out. And so, you know, he still wanted to do music with me. So we worked it out so that you know, Dr. Dre, as far as I know, is the uh, outside of his own labels and stuff. Uh -huh. I'm the only one that, that has music produced out that. I'm trying to think. I yeah. think you are. But so yeah. you're still like technically his artist. You just weren't signed to Aftermath. But he was your executive producer. Correct. Okay. I yeah. And so that, that speaks volumes. Yeah, you know, now, do I think that if I was able to go over to Aftermath, would things have been, different. you know, different? Yeah. I believe so. How so? Um... Because, you know, 
it's one thing to come across the street and 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 work with me there, but he's yeah. working with me. Okay. Over there, the machine is there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jimmy Iovine is there. The decision making, the marketing, you say, the powerhouse. It's me and him in the studio, just over there. Yeah, like, and over really here, is, over down. here is just music, and you know, I, I'm, I'm on the label. You got You where's the marketing and the attention to detail and all that stuff, all the magic that happens behind the scenes has to come from the machine that you're that you're that you're in. I'm still interested in like you producing. Yeah, like, I like that. Like that you, Dude, you, know, I love you stepped music. over to like a whole different side, and for you to find yourself back in that, like at a very low time, has to speak volumes within itself. I actually you know like I actually like producing for other people more than I like making music. my own music. Yeah, you know I can st- I can still do it. It, it and I like it. It sharpens me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. able to hear different things, and I like. You know the performance of certain things, and I know I have a certain level that I like to push things. You know to. what it really is, right? Yeah. Let me tell you what you really love about it. What's that? Can I be like your crystal ball? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because you found yourself back in through that. Yes, through producing. Yep. You were at a fucked up time yeah. in your life. Yeah, drinking, robe, couch, couple joints, oh, garage, God. garage clothes, back to the couch, sleep. Xbox <clears throat> and wake back and wake back. <laughs> some gaming, oh, some gaming. you forgot to live yet? Some Xbox. Gaming, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so, for you to find yourself <laughs> back through <laughs> production and yeah. you know doing it not for you but for someone else, it was a chance for you to help someone else. Yeah. Life yeah. had purpose again. Yes, and that's exactly it. Yeah, you're you know, absolutely correct. Life had purpose yeah. again, man. Yep. So a year before Restless, you did uh, I want to say maybe two features on Chronic 2001. Mm, yes. More, yeah. um, what's the difference in the Lolo record? Mm-hmm. Um, how did those sessions go? Did oh, you get dope. the call, like pull up to the session, studio? What happened? Dope. You you get the you get the call. You show up. Um, you hear what's going on. All the all the bullshit is out the window. You in there to it's fucking, work time. You in there yeah. to grind. You it's not like that? that no more. Everybody got controversies. Well, I'm not coming over there because I don't fuck with such and such and all no. the extra shit. When an album like that's being put together yeah. to that magnitude, yeah. you shut the fuck up. You hop in the car and you ride. Yeah, you. I mean, you just you just you just want to learn as much as possible when you in yeah. that environment. Working with Dr. Dre is like, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's, it's an Olympic Olympic status. You know what I'm saying? It's too many egos today. Yeah. That's why those kind of projects mm-hmm. don't go down anymore. Real mm. quick, you know? also, Dr. Dre is known for moving at a glacial pace when it comes to putting out music. So mm-hmm. even when talking about you signing with, with Aftermath, you're saying you might have had that push from Interscope, but do you think it ever would have came to a point where it would have started taking you longer to put out albums if you was uh, Dr. Dre's official artist? Because I know he likes to take his time when putting out music. Um, he don't drive back to back to back like that. No, but I mean, you have to look at, you know, you know, Eminem never had a problem putting out music. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think if you put the work in and actually show up with not just, you know, the first 10 things and expect him to like all 10 things, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think it's, it's it's the work ethic you have. Okay. You know, can you present enough music for him to feel like you have something? Okay. You know, and once you have something, then you build off that. You know, we, we turn records into songs and turn songs into hits. You know? You know, man, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I grew up watching you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to know, like, through all the years, because I never knew none of the hardships that you went through, like, yeah. some of the, you know what I'm saying, things that may have tried to veer you off. Like, mm-hmm. what's kept you going? Um, Just not having a plan B. You know what I'm saying? You, I've learned a lot. Explain, elaborate that um, a little bit, not I've, having I've, a plan B. I, I, first of all, I never gave up. Mm-hmm. 
I, I can sit down, I can lay down, I can get tired, but I, 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 I can I can also get back up and go. And what I learned is that it it it's harder to get back up than it is just to you, you just keep moving. Every, the difference a day makes, you know. And so what keeps me going is my family, realizing that I had to prioritize my time. Um, Somehow you never said friends. You just kept going. He's like my family. Yeah, you know. And yeah, like as people say, you know, my friends. In my circle, you we the family are nothing at all. Right. Like I like how you kept the That's friends, but like he, I was waiting yeah. for it to come second or third. You didn't. You just no. kept going. I ain't mean to interrupt, but no. you just. I liked how you didn't do that. Like my friends. No. Who the fuck's your friends? No, I'm too old to have friends. I got family. You family know what I'm or nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, See, I'm too old can, to have mistresses. I'm yeah, too old to have friends. <laughs> Straight up, nigga. Nigga, get to that yeah, point sorry, right. We got nigga family. Have, like, we got yeah. family. Yeah, I, I got to have people I can trust because I have too yeah. much to lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so I had to be cautious about having acquaintances, you know, and not everybody's happy for you. They may celebrate mm. with you, but they not necessarily happy for you. Um, And, you know, and I'm okay with that. But what keeps me going is sh- just purely never turning around. Always go forward. You, you're going to run into things. It's always going to be like this until you learn how to fucking let go of the things that, that, that are weighing you down and keeping you unbalanced and be good with it. You know what I'm saying? We always carry things with us that, you know, our biggest obstacles are in our own head. You know what I'm saying? There's things that we could change overnight and our life will be totally different. It's going to get clipped and put on Spiritual World Watch. <laughs> He's going to be one of them yeah, memes. Yeah, we on like, Black Twitter with this. We on Black Twitter with this. And the words, yeah, they're yeah. going to remember you saying that. Like, watch, you're going to see a cold clip of you yeah, that yeah. shit, man, but for real. But it's the truth. It's you the truth. Game. And, 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 you need to give it some yeah. game up, bro, for real. And that's the that's just the that's just what I've been that's just what I've been exposed to. That's my experience. That's the way I've been through it. And that's the way I survived it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll tell you in a heartbeat, you know, um, I'm a very private person. Like, I don't go on the Internet and fucking spill my guts and, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and be all, you know, get all emotional and shit like that. Another clip. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> no. It's another clip. No. no. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. You know, I I I have to I I I usually internalize a lot of shit. I don't know if you you guys are like that either, I but I don't talk I about. Am. I am. I, I would rather help somebody than fucking talk about my own my bullshit. Own yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so after so many years of that, you know, it's you have I I felt like I had a physical reaction to it. You know what I'm saying? And it caught up with you. Right, it caught up with you. You internalizing an all that stuff. To right. helping people now. Right. Because we all got an addiction. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just where do you where do you veer your addiction off to? Yeah. Is it into a negative standpoint yeah. and to where it fucks up life and fucks up everything that's going on around you? Or is it to a positive like where it actually not only helps you but helps others? Yeah, I, I got a line, I got a line on my album. Uh it, it's uh, it's on the song called Been a Been a Long Time Part Two. And it says, uh, I learned how to turn a negative to positive and turn the positive into accomplishment. Exhibit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that's another book. Oh, that's yeah. cold right there, man. Yeah. For real. Like, I have a random question. It's like a true or false type of question. Were you ever signed to Mac 10's Who Banging? We had discussed it. Because they popped up on my. Uh, on my <laughs> we had discussed it. Okay. So I don't know why. We, 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 so. we, we had discussed it. You know what I'm saying? We we was we was getting ready to we was getting ready to go there and then it, it, didn't, be on what, it just didn't go there. What time frame yeah. was this that you guys were having these conversations? This 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 was this is like I don't know. 
Yeah, eighteen hundred ninety. No, no, no. It, like it was a while. It was a while ago. Okay, okay. But it was. It, I mean, it was short lived. It was like I. I just. I think it was like when I was just getting trying to get back into okay, it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I remember he said that he was going to sign Snoop Dogg when he left uh, Death Row. I guess he had to deal with priority, right? And so he was trying to get Snoop. And I always looked at. Uh, I just looked up your name and it came Who Banger. I was like, he never was on Who Banger. Uh, no, so no, nah, 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 nah. we yeah. we did it. We did talk about it though. Okay, did okay. Huh? So it was rumors of it. That's how I got online. Right. How was it for you, man? Being close and like working close to Dre because not a lot of people get to even say they've had that experience, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? To even work with somebody like him because he's considered one of the goats, mm -hmm. the greats of even putting shit into production. Right. Maybe that's why you went and found your purpose through it. You know what I'm saying? Nah, like, Well, I mean, I feel like um, I was a fan of Dr. Dre and his music before I even met the man. Okay. So I was able to have that experience. I know what the magic sound like came, coming out of the speakers. So then when I was able to actually meet him, work with him. Now I know what it sound like before you behind the speakers. Before it's done, okay. You know what I'm saying? I got the full spectrum. I got the full experience, you know, <clears throat> organically. And now I was able to kind of put it all together. I remember what it sounded like when I heard it the first time. So, oh, so I was now putting it together. Oh, so that's how the vocals got like that. That's how it sounded like that. That's how that high height sound. That's how that synth Fit, fit right in the mix. That's how it sounds so big. You know what I'm saying? Coming out the speaker, like you could put two and two together. And it was a learning experience, especially the writing of it, the writing of the music along with the music and which comes first and how you put it together. And like the chorus may come first and then the verses come and then sometimes it's vice versa or a bridge or maybe it's just one word that turns into a whole different song. It's crazy to be able to kind of soak all of that in and, and now have that and carry that with you in your creative process. Well, I want to take this time to ask you, like, were there any uh, co-producers in you guys' studio sessions? Were there any other producers helping out with the records? If so, oh, uh, that or... was above my pay grade. I was just there to write some raps. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that. Yeah, but I, I was witness to everything. Gotta, yeah, I gotta know this one, man, because this one's like just on my mind for the the parallel with working in music and working on a podcast. Do you have a team or do you oversee everything? No, I Is got it... a team. Yeah, I got a team. I mean. It, it, you can't do you can't do this kind of the the magnitude of things that we trying to do with one or two it people, here, brother. We just trying to see yeah, yeah. where it's at for you. Like, are you trying to take these new reins on as Exhibit got this, or I don't mind having like a team? With no, me. I got a really dope team. Yeah. I got a really dope team. They're called DCP, um, and you know we we produce everything um, in the studio. Uh, we have our own setup. It's 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 ran. Everything is out of New York and L.A. And we got a dope team. I mean, they really know what they're doing. Um, and it feels good to be able to get with people who understand you the vision. You ready for this? I'm not talking to Exhibit the Rapper right now. We're yeah. talking to Exhibit, Exhibit the, the podcaster. podcaster. Yeah. Like, so this is different. Yeah. I'm you ready. You got to know, it. like, you okay, it. you want to come over here and, and level out. Yeah, yeah. I understand it. Though I did uh, my homework. I know yeah. what I'm prepared to do. <laughs> but if you can do movies and you can do television. I can do it all. You can do it all. You're an entertainer. So you've done, listen, Exhibit, you have done a lot. Yes. You know what I'm saying? In the culture, just overall. Podcasting? Do you feel like this might be the one that you know I might have bit off a little bit more than I can chew, or even if you see the rough roads, you're gonna go still past the movement. Well, shit's rough. Well, no, I understand. I think I think um, that's why I have the co-host there, somebody I feel that can 
that can carry the weight, just Adam like you know, just yeah. just like just like Adam isn't here every day. You know what I'm saying? Like he has you guys that were able to branch off into shows and to do other things and carry yeah. the kid. Yeah. And now we now we're looking at network yeah. type, you know, type movement. Now we're now we're now we're looking at things that are being programmed. Now now we're programming our own network. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what Adam is building here. I don't. I mean, you you. You guys do it show by show. You guys yeah. are really close to it. Yeah. But but for me, doing Sharp Tank two years. Correct. Two years. Correct. I think you're gonna be my hundredth episode. Hey, there it is. But just to just to let you guys know, you know, like I'm doing part of doing my homework is looking at the growth of No Jumper. Yeah. And and how where it started. You know, I'm talking about the store on Melrose. You know what I'm saying? The first right. where, where they do the podcast in the back room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and now to see where it is now. Like this is this is this is how, you know, the things that are huge now, um, we're talking about like fucking Fox and fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, Adam started like, like what, HBO, you know what I'm saying? Like Adam shit like that. 2015, back in the back of a store, back of his store, man, a bike store, I want to say. It That's is. where I did my first interview for No Jumper. Yeah. In the back of that store. In the back of that store. Now look where we're at. Yeah. Exactly. Took you on a whole motherfucking tour. Exactly. Took you exactly. on a whole tour of this yeah. shit. Yeah, and this is, this is, this is, this is not the first facility that, that this is growth. Yeah. So just being really close to it, you guys are doing a show by show, but from back here in the seats that I'm at, I see this, you know, being maintained and to grow into something. Sure. Especially, it is, it is, it is exactly the, what this the the plat these things the, yeah. the, the attention yeah. that people are doing now. You guys are the forefront of that. Okay. I thought about it like this really is my hundredth episode, man. And like, I don't even look at it as it's just a milestone to just hey, let's just keep going. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying no balloons, Marshall no uh, cake. You know, yeah. saying no none of that, man. Just a real bottle, conversation. Right? Yeah, and overall, well, there's a bottle there. Yeah, real yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah, celebration. Overall, real people, man. Yeah. Like when I got in this shit, like it's just it just gets moving. Like you can't never do it thinking that you're making it. You owe the fans and the viewers so much more, mm. so much more than marking a fucking milestone. Mark it when you're damn near dying. Correct. That's when you yeah, start keep to it celebrate going. it. Yeah. It'll feel so much better then when you celebrate it at the end of the time of it versus during it. Yeah, it's 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 so it's, much it's more about the journey, you know. I want, and I want to see your journey in this, man. Yeah. Like you know, just doing lasagna ganja, like yeah. And what I'm, I'm excited to see what this podcast produces. And and plus, I mean, you got to look. You know, with be real, be does be real does be real TV every day. Single day, yeah. And he's in Cypress Hill. You know, so it's not like you know. <laughs> you like, okay, this exhibit the rapper. This a oh, you podcasting now? Oh, yeah. nigga, you one of us, nigga. What's All up? right, what's yeah, up? Yeah, what's yeah, up? Yeah. It's on site, yeah, like nigga, on, it ain't no, it ain't no more. Hey, exhibit, yeah, we love you as a rapper. Oh, now you got competition. Yeah, this, this, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna definitely be tapping in with the podcast. It's all good, man. Speaking of be real, because you brought up be real real quick, I want to ask about the serial killers. Yes. And those mixtapes that you guys put out was like a slew of mixtapes. How did that group form? Was it your idea? Whose idea? Be real had the idea. Okay. It was originally supposed to be him and two other people, and he had shelved it, and then. He brought the idea later on when we 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 were in the studio together, <coughs> me, Demrick, and and, and B, uh, and he asked me if I would. Uh, the first song we did together was "Don't You Dare Laugh," and he was like, "Hey man, what do you think about doing this group?" And I've always wanted to be in a group, right? It, but it just never came to fruition. Never, I was it always fell apart. I was like, "Fuck." Is that because I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but is that because you felt like you're a better team player? 
then no. you are just a solo act. You or is know it from the like, alcoholics wanting to be a member of MC? Yeah, no. It just never worked out. Okay. It just never worked out. And and so and so um this is the first group that I was actually in that, you know, is still, you know, because we all got different things. I think if the stress of being a group and staying together as a group is a thing, then we don't have that thing because we all solo artists in the, in, in the beginning. So when we come together, it's a whole different vibe. And, you know, he's already in a group. And so now being in a group is a whole different thing. And now it works. Yeah. That has to, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what caused, like, your transition from hardcore, you know what I'm saying, hardcore gangster rapper to television personnel, you know, just like being on television, you know, doing shit on MTV. doesn't even matter what it was. All yeah. the fucking exhibit just stood there just, hey, I'm exhibit. You know, just doing just different shit, man. Like, what made you even want to... The opportunity knocked. That was dope. Mile for sure. Guys, the opportunity knocked. And you was up for the task. Yo. It's a mission for you. Everything in life's a mission for you. The best things things in life on on the other side of fear. The best things in life are on the other side of fear, bro. So, So, I... Yeah, nobody wanted to do reality shows at the time. Why not? Let's try it. You know what I'm saying? If it's in your wheelhouse, if you feel like you have the confidence, even if you're not sure about it, yeah. why not try it? Every opportunity, as long as it's not putting you in detriment or your gut feeling tells you not to do it, mm-hmm. try. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just even if you fail. Yeah. I think that's what it is. People want to be seen like everything I do works. Uh, you, so you saying, church, you dared to be different a long time ago. Correct. Like, yeah. niggas can act like they doing some new shit correct. now, but you did. Y'all just catching up to what I was already on long time ago. That y'all said was goofy, now yeah. everybody into it. Yeah, people wanted to hold on to their image like it, like they would die if 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 they let it go. So So for me, man, it was just like, well, I am defining my path. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not gonna sit in some box just because people say I can't or I shouldn't or they 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 wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let me go try it. You know what I'm saying? I actually did pit my ride because I thought they was gonna play my music videos. I was, you know what I'm saying? Damn, he was on some other shit. We yeah. like, nigga, I'm looking at a bigger picture. Yeah. Just I was play like, my shit. I was like, I was like, oh shit, play yeah, my yeah, shit. yeah. Okay. Cool. Like MTV, I'll be on there. You know what I'm saying? But it turned into something else. So again, like, and then being on that show turned into something else, you know what I mean? And and you never know, man, until you Bro, put yourself in that position. Triple X. Yeah, who gets an action yeah. film? Yeah, yeah. Like the with Ice like Cube, getting in that yeah. fucking action with Ice Cube, and then man, working with the rocks, you know. Yeah. Who does you this? You know, working shit? with Clive Owen, Jennifer Aniston. You don't get you know enough flowers, bro. You don't yeah. get enough flowers was in, in the like wash the rooms. Too. You know, in the wash, yeah, three yeah. years on Empire. Like these are things that I'm doing yeah. along with yeah. being great. Yeah, yeah. battle rapped yeah. on Empire. Yeah. yeah, so they can't never say like you wasn't in battle rap. That was really a moment. <laughs> you tried to make. I was mad did when you were trying to Did you write that yourself? I did. I did. That shit was crazy. Y'all just in the yard. My nigga got yeah, the work. They had stuff on. written for us. And he then, said, nah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was whack. He said, it's not, not going to be that. real. It's not, it's not, not going to make it no. real. Like, no. this is how I'm feeling. So I'm going to show y'all how I was feeling. Yeah. Step, if I was to step on this yard and I'm right. really working. And I did it like that for a reason. You, you, would, you, you would be amazed. You know, like it's a movie, right? Yeah. And so 
people are people are in my you know comments like, hey, why did you let Eminem beat you in that rap? I'm like, why would they say so? Yep. Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that is some you, that's shit. one of the I negative comments you got to respond to. Like, nigga, well, first of all. <laughs> It's his movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, niggas is crazy, bro. Nigga, it's his movie. It's his character. Hey, it would be cut. Like, never mind. People never don't mind. know how to never separate eggs. People don't know how to and separate what they that's feel. That's the scary part. What they feel yeah. from what's real. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know. Yeah. Like, come on, church. The real is, this ain't my fucking movie. It's a movie yeah. y'all watching. It's a fucking movie. Which is iconic. It's a classic. It's a classic, it's a classic yeah. movie, it's bro. It's a movie. None of that. Damn, yeah. this is crazy, because, like, you've been in timeless movies. Oh, that's dope, man. Thank timeless you. movies. Like, even from Triple X. Like, yeah. all people always know that'll always be somewhere. People will know that. Like, yeah. just, man, 8 Mile. People will always know that. Yeah. So that's real shit, man. Not hey, fuck with you. Yeah. We love you. Man. We appreciate everything that you come down. <laughs> just respect. Even just bring, respect. yeah, respect. like, Thank you. just the respect overall. Yeah. You got any more questions you want to ask? I want to close out really, really quick with a couple rounds of West West. Okay. So Let's do it. Let's e, do it. E40, I'm going to ask you like this or that. Okay, e rapid, 40, rapid fire. Yeah, e, e rapid fire. E40 or too short? E40. And I love too short. E40. It's not personal. Hey, yeah. Mac Dre or Kick the Sneak? Kick the Sneak. Ooh. Cube or Snoop Dogg? Ooh. Can I take a drink or something real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a hit. Yeah. Let me take a hit. Can I, can yeah. I take a hit or something? Take a that's, that's both. A, that's both. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice Cube or Snoop. Uh, a show in Oakland or San Francisco? Oakland. Okay. Uh, YG or Tiger? YG. I got one for you. This is hard. Dr. Dre or DJ Quick? Dr. Dre. <laughs> West I love DJ Quick. Yeah. Duh, come on, Quick. Duh, but he, he say Dr. Like Dre this too. West, yeah. This is my favorite. One. Like West Side one. Connection or the East Siders? Oh, that's a hard one. I think it'll pump. That's crazy. Ooh. Ooh. This next one is tough. It's some tough ones. We're gonna wrap Ooh. it up with some tough right, questions. Right. Uh, I want to know uh, the Chronic or Doggy Style. The Chronic, because without the Chronic, there wouldn't be no Doggy, doggy Style. style. Okay. okay. Boys in the hood or minister society? Minister mm. society. Okay. <laughs> right, I wish uh, it was a buzzer. That's your opinion, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, another yeah. one for you. Uh, Friday or next? Well, Friday. let me answer that. Yeah. Let me answer that. So boys because in the because the boys in the hood yeah. was a good story, but minister society yeah. was was it felt Man. like it felt it Scary? felt no like it felt was real. There. It felt yeah, like like he was it, there. It, it was more. It was it was like watching watching a a a. a a documentary, oh, you know what I'm saying? It was more it was, accurate. It, yeah, it's more accurate. Okay. Well, no, Boys in the Hood was accurate as fuck too, but it was a good story, the good transition. It was a, it caught a moment, just like both movies caught a moment. But Minister Society felt a little more raw. It felt like, oh, it felt man. like that's what kind of yeah, yeah. It felt like the young, career. the young, the like young. That, why did he go places that nobody else? When Lorenz Tate went crazy yeah, from yeah. that movie, yeah, man. yeah, it was dope. It was dope. The Hughes brothers, crazy. Friday uh, or next Friday? Friday. Friday after next or the wash. He was in, he was in the wash. Uh, Friday after next. <laughs> he was mad about what, some CDs or some mixtapes or something. Yeah, Friday after next. Okay, this is the last <laughs> question. This is the last question that we have. A very important question: respecting the streets or success in the music industry. Respecting the streets or success in the music industry. Yeah. Uh, success in the music industry. 
Okay. He said, fuck. fuck that. He Get said, leave that. Hey, that was real. Like, yeah. hey, because I think maybe 20 years ago, you might not have said that. No, no, no. No, because it takes <laughs> growth. No. It takes growth. It takes growth. It, it takes and let me growth. tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because respect in the streets, um, I don't know, as long as you're in the streets. Um, but if you're trying to be an entertainer or somebody that is trying to feed your family, do entertainment, you got to be in the industry, you know, there's rarely room for both. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no matter how big you, once you get to a certain level, you start understanding that, you know, you, you can be there and you can lose it too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You can you can also lose it. You can also drop the ball. So yeah. when I say success in the industry, mean that, you know, if you conducting yourself and you coming home alive and you feeding your family and everything is moving to a place where, you know, you are providing for people, you are success, you're having the, the life that you imagined and thought of um, because the streets will love you till you're gone and then they won't even talk about you a week later. You know what I'm saying? Like, respect is short-lived, you know, w w unless you're there to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, but if you if you... If you successful, you take care of people. You now people love you. It goes back to that thing yeah. we was talking about. You know, I don't got friends. I got family. Family, right? You know, and that's well, what it is. I'll tell you this: you family to us, man. Yeah, we hope that you <laughs> so we can sit down and lasagna do this shit again. Hey, I would love to come over to Lasagna Ganja podcast. And if y'all have it, man, make sure y'all go tune in, man, because I know it's some heat on the way, and I know he about to drop some oh, real man, shit. Oh man, I got some music for your ass. Hey, we already know. <laughs> hey, man, the truth need no support. The Sharp Tank. Yeah. No jumper. Sharp as coolest podcast in the motherfucking world, man. Got my calls, man. Dijon Paul. Y'all know what it is. Hey, Mikey, shoot us out the motherfucking gym. <laughs>